the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, Zach, I need another pair of headphones over here, if you don't mind. Thank you. Hey, how's everybody doing today? Good to have you back, uh, Pastor Scott. Thank How you, have you been you. up to? I have been up to a lot of good stuff and um, looking forward to a good week this week. Good. Yeah. Fantastic. How about you, Dave? How's that drip of yours going? I'm, well, it's going all right. They, the doctor called me yesterday and they said, you know, your kidneys are doing really good because mm-hmm. they, they're always worried about that when they're doing antibiotics. And because of that, we want to make sure you don't have any problems again after they got the, this toe they took from me had that infection in the bone. And they think that's where they were getting the reoccurrence of mm-hmm. the the infection. So they took it off. So this time, I guess, being with my background in the military, best way I can put it, they're going to carpet bomb it. All right. Yeah. All right. You ever watched the old... The old films of Vietnam where that's carpet bombing, all right? Right. And it's not smart bombs. That's uh, just you drop enough bombs, and don't matter where you run, you <laughs> can't get away from it. And uh, that's what they're doing right now. They're, they've raised, uh, starting today, the amount of antibiotic they're putting in my body, mm-hmm. and they're going to do that for 16 days. Ooh. And uh, evidently, everything will be dead that shouldn't be there, right? Uh, after that time, and a whole bunch of stuff that should be. So yeah, you'll that's need some the other thing. After that, I try to stay away from. Right now, i I've been going to the movies and things of that nature. I don't shake hands with anybody. And do you I, do the foot I, bump or I the, do the uh, fist bump? Fist, oh yeah, elbow elbow bump. bump. Yeah, and in my car, I've got hand sanitizer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. do that a lot because uh, alcohol and germs do not go together. Do not so, you know, uh, if I could just mention really quick, I was listening to the show on my way in. What what did you mean about Michael Jackson's hair in the Pepsi on commercial? Fire? You don't remember that? <laughs> no. What? Uh, what? Did, I don't. He know. was making a Pepsi commercial. Okay. And he must have been living they overseas. Had, they had happened. so much stuff in his hair, you know, to yeah. keep it the way it was supposed to be. Yeah. He got close to an open flame, and it set his hair on fire. Wait, no, really? Yep. Yes. I don't know. Oh, yeah. You, you were a kid when that happened. That- <laughs> yeah. It's a while back. Oh, I mean, I, like mean I looked up, 80s. Zach knew exactly. He's, He's laughing at it. I'm a huge fan of his, and that was like 1985 when that yeah. happened. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. people running around like, yeah, Michael Jackson's hair. Hair on fire. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay. Did, did you know what I was talking about, the movie Airplane? Have you ever watched yes, the movie? Yes. So yeah, you know that, the guy up there, he's, he's running around. Yeah, that's what, that's how people are doing with this coronavirus. Yeah. It's ridiculous, to oh, be yeah. honest. Yeah. Do, do you agree with me that every time that you give in to fear, you become an atheist? 
I heard you say that, and I know exactly what you mean because you stop believing. That's right. You don't believe you. in God's sovereignty and His His power. Yeah. And unfortunately, there's a lot of Christians who are out there, you know, promoting the fear that goes along with this. Unfortunately, you know, this is a plague. This is a revelation. This is that pestilence. Yeah. That's the big word right now. Yeah. Pestilence. It's called the flu. <laughs> How about Psalm ninety-one? <laughs> Right. Or it says, he says, no evil shall befall you nor any plague come near your dwelling. We just have to live under the shadow of the Most High, stay close, keep under the prayer I mean, of the wings. You're, you're given a whole bunch of sermons on the response of fear. We've lost 6,000 points in the Dow in two weeks just because of fear. And the numbers don't warrant the fear. Right. If they, if we, we didn't cancel. We're, we're headed to the Bahamas in about two weeks. We didn't cancel our trip. Go, so, baby. You know. Have yeah. some fun. Didn't they? Didn't the H one N one virus kill like seventeen thousand people or something like that? And I don't remember yeah. this hysteria that went no. on during it. And we had seventeen people. I mean, seventeen yeah. is seventeen too many, but still seventeen thousand seventeen. I mean, where's the perspective on this? Yep. There is no perspective yeah. right now. Yeah. Last flu season, we we lost nearly seventy thousand people in this country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, think about that. Mm-hmm. All right. And you heard not. You didn't hear anything about that, did you? They didn't quarantine everybody because flu is so, you know, easily loose. Yep. The entire nation of Italy supposedly is now yep. They are shut locked down. down as of yesterday, yep. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. I was, uh, I came out of church. Saturday was a bad day for me. It was a bad day. I got down, you mm-hmm. know. I've been going through this for six months now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it wore on me Saturday. It really, really did. And uh, Sunday I was at church in... Uh, Ruth came up to me, a friend of mine, and she says, Dave, I can, you just, I'm looking at you and I can see that you're down, you're down. And she says, I want to share something with you. And I said, okay, what's that? She goes, Romans 15, 13. She said, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him Mm. so that you may overflow with hope. Yeah by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I needed that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then she prayed over me. Praise God. I felt great after I walked Praise away. I really, really did. You just don't, you know, when, if you're out there and you've got a friend that's going through something bad, yeah, and you feel the Holy Spirit kind of giving you the elbow, mm-hmm. nudging you, you know what I'm talking about. Yep. Don't ignore it. No. Minister. That's right. To your friend. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had people say, well, I don't know. I don't know if that's of the Lord or something else. And I was like, I can't remember the last time the devil asked me to get up and pray for someone. Yeah, so, I got that. You know, right. if, if that's the gas, go I mean, it, it must be gas. That's what it is. Oh, right. Okay, so <laughs> we got Steve. And that's how we'll start Bible guys. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> we got Steve back with us today. Oh, not Steve. Steve was here last week. Yeah. We got Billy there and Scott go. back today. Billy. And Scott. Angels came up last week, and okay. we said that we would come back and talk a little bit more about this because mm-hmm. we wanted your perspective on this. A okay. couple of things about angels that were asked. One, does everybody have a guardian angel? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Uh, it's an interesting question. I think that um, we have we have that uh, one example which you, which you guys did mention about, uh, about Peter's angel. I think there was a, an awareness during that time that there were uh, angels uh, – I personally have have seen um, angels before, um, and uh, only only once in my life. But I did I did see them, uh, and they were with me. So um, I, I wouldn't be opposed to believing that we all do have um, ministering angels that minister to us. Uh, we know that uh, angels minister to Jesus. Um, 
And uh, so I would, uh, you know, I know that there was a story uh, even in the Old Testament where um, the the uh, the prophet's servant was uh, scared, and it was uh, was Elisha. Mm-hmm. Elisha's prophet was uh, Gehazi was scared because of the enemies that were coming, and and the prophet prayed and said, "Lord, open his eyes that he may see that there's more with us than there with them." And his eyes opened, and they were surrounded by angels protecting them. So, um, I would I would not have any problem believing that we all have angels that that follow us around. Especially the Bible says, "Isn't the what does the word say?" It says, uh, "There there are angels sent forth to minister to the heirs of salvation." So, for all heirs of salvation, angels have been sent forth to minister to us. Exactly what that looks like, yeah. you know, I'm yeah. up for you know that's up for uh, debate. But I would not have any problem um, seeing that they, that we have guarding and angels of some of some sort i will say this though that that the word angel itself means messenger so um uh, ministers are also sometimes called uh angels as in the book of revelation and and the word angel itself is from what i understand the word angel is actually like a functionary title because it means messenger but like the seraphim and the cherubim they would not be considered angels right there they are Cherubim and seraphim are actually job titles, just like angels a job title. And scripturally speaking, the only uh, beings like that that we see with wings are cherubim and seraphim. Angels are always kind of a like human-looking uh, things that without wings. So I think there's. Yeah, a, you go back to the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, yeah, yeah. and all that. It didn't. Right. The guys didn't show up at the door with big old wings right. open behind well, them. Well, there's there's at looking least like X Men, you know. Yeah, yeah. there's and at I, least one place where Gabriel is described as the man Gabriel, right? So right. He obviously had the appearance of a man. And the, the the angels that I saw, the the Lord allowed me to see that one time. They didn't have wings. They looked just like men, you know, um, very chiseled feature looking men. But that's do the, do we get that that uh, kind of feeling that angels have wings because at the birth of christ the angels filled the heavenlies singing glory to god and things of that nature i think we get it because of the artist renditions from the middle ages right yeah. i think that's where we get it's that more of a cultural thing and, and those yeah. come a lot from see uh, what you did michelangelo yeah <laughs> those those come from the descriptions <laughs> we have of of, of the seraphim and uh, and we don't the, the point you just made a lot of people have probably never heard before which is that there are different types of heavenly beings mm-hmm. um and an angel is a title uh but we we tend to think of them as all being the same and therefore if the seraphim have got wings so does everybody yeah, else yeah, yeah. different kind of angels yes yeah. so there's a different kind yeah. well i mean we <laughs> hear, really hear the name angel, gabriel right? He's a different kind of angel, yeah. all right? Yeah. Then you've got yeah. Michael, who's yeah, a, who is arch, really a different kind of angel. Yeah, yeah. So, so what is an archangel? He's like the the head of the, the like heavenly host for fighting. He's like a general. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This isn't the Bible talk about, or is it just a Jewish tradition that says that Michael is the the angel of Israel? I, so, I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah. At any rate, yeah. There's different. There's different uh, different types. Obviously, Gabriel was was wrestling with the prince of Persia yeah. when he brought the word to right. Daniel, and for some reason, there was a, an ongoing tension there, and finally, Michael uh, was sent to actually help deal with that situation, which right. obviously he did. So I don't think we really understand all also, of that. Also, the uh, Apocrypha also uh, mentions, I think, up to seven different uh, named angels. Mm. Um, besides, we're used to Michael and Gabriel, and then a lot of people get the idea of just the three with Lucifer being the, the fallen and the one-third mm-hmm. and that kind of mentality, but... Uh, like I said, there's some Jewish writings that mention up to seven that are named. Well, and we know that if Gabriel is the prince over one of the regions, if, if he's battling with Persia, 
Um, scripture is pretty clear that all of the regions of the of the world have a prince over them. Um, mm-hmm. There are lots of these beings who seem to rule over a geographical area or sitting in protection over a geographical area. We see the um, those that are in the rivers, the, the Euphrates and the, the Tigris, et cetera, et cetera. And, and we see this example of um, them coming. There's there's one in Greece. We know that because um, Gabriel had to get back to go deal with the one from Greece. We know there's one from per- Persia because he was dealing with the one from Persia when Michael showed up. So we know that there are um, spiritual beings who kind of sit in rulership or protective roles over um, regions and nations. You know, there are so here, and, and it's where I think that we have really missed a boat in the Christian community is we don't affect our culture because we don't do things to teach the culture about what it is exactly we believe. Mm. I mean, think about the great, I mean, they made the movie Legion mm-hmm. and I'm just thinking, I watched that and I went, well, you know, biblically incorrect as normal. Right. If they got some people in there that would write a really, mm-hmm. I mean, a really good movie about the battles that are going on mm-hmm. that right. you don't see. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that would probably make a very important, Impressive movie. Do you remember that book years ago? It was written by a guy named Peretti. Yep. It was this called, Coming Darkness. That's this coming followed up by That this needs to be darkness. made into a great movie, Because he the deals way. a lot those with, two books. with this angelic that God fighting and, and things. And the demons and the whole nine yeah, yards. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, I don't remember all the book, but I remember it being a very impactful book. And I don't, yeah. read, not, I don't read fiction, but I remember reading that. And that was a very impactful yeah. book of the time. My, Man, my I favorite read a moment, lot of fiction. <laughs> my, my favorite moment from those books are, are when you're – so for those who haven't read, the, the books go back and forth between the physical world and specifically dealing with a pastor who's under attack and the spiritual world and the angels who are moving about and what the Spirit of God is doing. And my favorite moments from that book are when you're in the spirit world and you're watching the angels and they're getting ready to move away and the kind of head angel will go, wait, 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 here comes my favorite part. And then you'll switch immediately back to the pastor and he'll go, let's pray about that. And then the angels move on. And say, wait, 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 here comes my favorite part. Here's, here's where this man goes to battle. Um, it, it, there, it's a couple of amazing books. Yeah. All right. 20 minutes after 7, uh, it's now 53 degrees. If you're in Conway, it's 54. If you're in Pine Bluff, it's 63 degrees Already. right now. Wow. And we're going for a high of 66 today under mostly sunny skies. It's the Dave Ellswick Show with the Bible Guys Right here in the studio, we'll take your calls. If you got a, a question, 823-0965, 823-0965. You can send a uh, text, or uh, pardon me, an email to us at BibleGuys at Salem. That's S-A-L-E-M-L-R.com. More coming up in just a moment. All right, so know when you watch Casablanca tonight. When Bogart is playing a good guy, he wears a bow tie. When he's playing the bad guy, he wears a regular long tie. Mm-hmm. Did not know that. That's kind of interesting. Uh, so does he wear a white hat so and also see, a black hat? No, he doesn't wear those high, the hats. Uh, no. I mean, he wears the fedora, of course. But if you watch him when he plays Sam Spade, he ain't wearing a bow tie. And he's uh. always smoking. <laughs> yeah, he's always smoking. He died of lung cancer. Yeah. Oh, did he really? Yes, he did. Uh, I have my fedora, but it's black. So what does that mean? I like that, Well, man. we'll talk it's about that looking. later. <laughs> yeah, it's good looking, man. It's a bad guy for sure. You got to learn how to wear a fedora when you get into the... You know, the Noir yep. kind of movie set. That was a big deal. Joel McRae won worth a great fedora, I'm just telling you. Being, being a tall guy, I wear mine a half an inch above my eyebrow and a slight tilt to the right. There you go. 
Yes, Indiana no? Jones I, had a good fedora. Yeah, I wear uh, mine with a huge tilt to the right. I don't have. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I don't wear one. All right, get back to my hair. Well, we, I'll get back to what I got these guys here about, and that is talking about spiritual things. The Bible guys are with us again. You can still get an email into us. Uh, send it to Bible Guys at Salem lr.com don't promise we'll get to it because we got quite a few questions we haven't got to yet we're still cleaning up from last week because we wanted to wait for scott to get here and scott Mm -hmm. somebody asked us can you order your angels to do things you know um i've heard teaching that you um that you can i i don't know there's any verse that says you can do something like that um i i tend to think that um the angels might be marginally smarter than I am when it comes to what's going on in the spirit. Um, so I would I would tend to say, no, you can't yeah. do that. And it seems to me they take their orders from a higher place. Too, right. so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and you know, I'm going to be, you know, you know, we see through a glass darkly. Mm-hmm. You know, they live in, you know, a crystal clear air. They can see what needs to be uh, needs to be done. I'm sure that Daniel, when he was praying, he had no earthly idea what was happening in the heavenlies. Mm, he right. just knew he was continuing to just keep on and pressing and keep on pressing in. And that's actually a good example to show that he was praying, but when it his God heard it, that he sent the angel. Right. Yeah, so that I, was Gabriel. Right. And yeah. so I think they respond to the prayer based on the command of God. I don't see that you can go, hey, angel, go do this and go do that. I don't, yeah. I don't yeah, see I, any evidence. Yeah, and I think I think uh, it just kind of popped back in my head. I think the teaching that I've heard before, it says the angels hearken to the voice of the word of God. Right. And I think what people say is as you quote the scripture, that they hearken to the voice of the word. So when you put voice to the word of God, they'll respond to that and they'll move according to those things. So if you're using the scripture, that's, I think that if I remember correctly, that's kind of, that, I think that was kind of the basis for what the the teaching of that was but and what pastor steve said was good because he says when gabriel arrived to daniel he said the moment, moment. your words yep. were heard i was sent but it was three weeks before he got there right. so things are happening in the heavenlies that we really have we don't have any clue of that yeah, spark things in the, the heavens. English translation there is even more emphatic because it says the order went forth for me to come to you um so that imply i mean it wasn't daniel making that order right. so it implies that someone sent him a a missive, if you will, right. going, uh, time to go to Daniel. He finally started praying. Yeah. I, he, I've been waiting for him to get in the right position to hear this. He finally started praying, get over there and deliver the message. I so. think the key here is people pray. Right. If you pray, things will begin to happen. Even though you don't, even though you don't see them immediately, pray. At, at, our, at our church, we've started, we've opened up a prayer room, and uh, people can come and they can pray uh, from uh, 8.30 to 12.30, Monday through Thursday, since the beginning of the year at our church, we have had over 200 hours of prayer since the beginning of the year. And we're, we believe in the power of prayer and the power of prayer causes things to happen in the heavens. But I don't think we actually command things to happen that way. No. That actually leads directly into one of our questions, which is... Which uh, we'll answer in the next segment. Oh, okay. are we there? <laughs> go, yeah, go, ahead and, go ahead and read the uh, question. The now. question is, how can I create a hunger for prayer and the Word of God? Yeah, this person if I remember correctly, said, I really want to, to read the Word of God, et cetera, et cetera, but I just don't have that hunger. How yeah. do I get that hunger for the Word of God? Well, we'll talk about that when we come back. It's the Bible Guys. Remember, Bible Guys at SalemLR.com, or you can call them here this morning at 
823 and they'll be happy to try to answer your question to their best abilities. We got uh, Rush coming up here in just about 10 seconds. He'll have your daily update for you. In the 8 o'clock hour, I'll talk about, uh, you know, Bernie Sanders and things are getting dim for the burn. I'm just telling you, a little bit of water been poured on him. 25 minutes till 8. You got 25 minutes to get to work if you got to be by 8 o'clock. It's 53 degrees in Conway. It's 54. We're going for a high of 66 degrees today. I'm Dave Ellswick in the studio. Steve is here. Scott is here. And, of course, Billy is here. We're back. We're good to see Billy and Scott. How you been doing, Billy? I know that you've been you wrestled with your health for a little while. Are you healthy? Uh, I am as healthy as I can be right now. How's that? You're not wealthy and wise, though, right? I, I'm, I'm neither wealthy nor uh, <laughs> according to Steve Wise yet. So. <laughs> All right. Let's go back to our next question, which was? Right. Our question was, how can I create a hunger for prayer and the Word of God? Mm-hmm. And I will toss that across the table. All right. I'll... Um, Steve's busy looking. Are we, skip, uh, well, are we skipping over to Steve? Uh, I'll, just, I'll take I'm it. trying to be. I'll take it first. Share. Um, <laughs> uh, for me, I, I have found that um, I'm also going to say I. I don't. I don't know that I can understand not always living that way, and I'll come back to that in a second. Um, if there's ever a dry spot, then I find physical hunger drives spiritual hunger. So uh, enter a time of prayer and fasting, and when you find yourself hungry for the things of the physical, it stirs up the things of the spirit. So if you begin to deny those things of the flesh, and it tends to stir up your spirit. So I would start with um, entering in some period of fasting. It doesn't have to be um, a significant period where you go for like three days, a week, or anything. Just start denying yourself meals, and you'll find that it stirs up your spirit. But at the same time, I'll also say that it seems like it's just the way we should live. I don't, I'm saying this trying to be very non Steve like here because I've never understood this since the day that I've gotten saved since September of 96. It's the way I run. It's the way I think I drive down the road thinking about the Lord. I go to bed thinking about the Lord. I wake up thinking about the Lord. I'm thinking about his word. And, and there may be some times where there, it may subside for a day or two, but it's almost like an, not almost, it's an obsession. And once you begin to see and realize what he's done in your life and begin to see and you actually grab a hold of and believe everything that the word says, then you realize that these are not just stories. This is not a fairy tale. It's just right. not something you do. It's not my get out of hell free card. It's how I live my life and everything that I lay my hands to and everything that I think about. And and so I, I, I don't know that I can speak truly outside of and trying to enter yourself into a time of fasting to stir up the spirit. Um because I've not really ever had a place where I wasn't stirred. Ever since I've gotten saved, I've just lived that way full throttle. I don't know. That's all I know how to say. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, um, when I find myself in those positions where um, prayer and, and and the Word are not my top priorities, if I look around, it's because I've stuffed my life full of something else. Um, generally, those are not bad things. They're good things, but we can we can trade the excellent or the best for the good. And we do quite often um, because of the necessity of life. You know, we get busy doing uh, what was it you were talking about on, on Sunday, you were uh, talking about people with baseball and, and basketball having started. And therefore um, we, we see people being very busy again all of a sudden. Um, and we can get busy with life 
and pack our lives so full of stuff that there's not time to be quiet, that mm-hmm. there's not time to, to listen uh, for the Spirit. And when we begin shutting that down, uh, the natural desire for uh, the Word and for prayer can kind of wane as well. So, I would suggest um, if you're trying to cultivate um, a hunger, I think that what I would do is I would, first of all, I would tell the Lord very honestly, Lord, I want to hunger for your Word, and I just don't seem to have a hunger help me um, to hunger, help me to, uh, to thirst because he knows you feel the way you do. So just go ahead and be honest with him. And I, I have, whenever I have had issues or times like that in my life, um, sometimes, um, what I find is that, um, priming the pump helps. And so it's almost like, um, if you know that, for example, if you know that you're sick, a lot of times, um, you can go days without eating and you just don't feel hungry. But what do they tell you? You need to eat. Right. But I'm not hungry. But you need to eat. And sometimes you say, I don't feel hungry. I don't feel thirsty. But your spirit man is saying, yeah, but you need to eat. And it's like if you go ahead and don't go ahead and jump in and eat a steak, but just say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to read I'm just going to read one psalm a day. And that's all I'm going to do. Or a couple of verses. Begin to prime the pump a little bit. And this is a very natural, maybe trite uh, comparison. But, you know, it's almost like if you... You know, have you ever, uh, you know, you, you, you know, you, someone said you should watch this, uh, this series or this, uh, you should watch this TV show, and you're like, oh, I really don't want to, but I'm gonna do it because they said. And then you watch one show, and all of a sudden you're into it. Right, right. It's like you didn't have any desire to, but now you got to watch it. Now you want to binge watch. So I think sometimes you just have to prime the pump, be honest with God, tell Him how you feel, tell Him what you desire, and then uh, and then allow yourself to uh, just start off with uh, a verse here or a verse there. Or don't try to pray an hour. Just say I'm going to pray for. Um, just five minutes, just start off where you're at and put faith on it and, and believe God that hunger will come in. Listen, he wants you hungry more than you want to be hungry. And believe me, your spirit man is a lot more hungry than you might feel. Right. So uh, give yield to that and, and, and the hunger will come. All right. Yeah. And it's what you consider is serious, you know, yeah. what's important. Right. Right. I mean, you, you got to make a decision too. I mean, you and you know, like right now, you, Dave, you don't want to have these things, you know, this IV in you, or maybe you don't want to eat healthfully. You know, you don't like necessarily eating, you know, low carb or low sugar or low salt, but you know it's good for you, so you do it because you know it's going to be good. Sometimes you have to say, you know what, this is important. I know it's good for me. It's more important than these other things. I'm prioritizing this. I'm going to eat this way. I'm going to live this way, and it and it, eventually it kicks in. You know? Yeah, the first time though, you get them. You get a word from from the word mm-hmm. that'll kick it into, into oh, hypergar. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, hyperdrive, yep. you know, something like that. Because, wow, the Lord really does talk to me. Yeah, that, that freaks some people out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some people yeah. said it's not just uh, it's not just this, this this instantaneous thing, but you know, revelation. Someone once said, revelation is actually planted and watered seed over time. In other words, it's things you put into yourself over time. Then all of a sudden, one day that seed all of a sudden blooms, and that's when the revelation is there. So, all right. Amen. We've got uh, about uh, 13 minutes, I guess, until uh, 8 o'clock, 53 degrees. What's our next question, Billy? You've so got them written out He there. has a follow-up question, oh, okay. um, and it's, it's about finding a church. He says, I don't have a lot of people around me who are encouraging about my faith, and I don't have a local church, which I'm guessing he doesn't live in this particular area, because you can't walk a block without running into a church. Uh, but he says, how do I go about finding a, a church and what kind of church should I be looking for? And that might actually go to why he doesn't have hunger. Right. If he's yeah. not around people that are 
provo- provoking him if he's not around a, a right. church family. So, well, if uh, he's in Little Rock, I can recommend one. Uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> starts with an A. <laughs> so what? So what starts the, with an A. Sorry, the, yeah, starts the, with an A. The question right. was, how do I? How do I go about, about finding a church, and what kind of church should I be looking for? Oh. Well. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Actually, go, it does go back to the part because you have to know what you believe yeah. to, to find that like-minded place. Um, and it, it almost sounds too uh, simple, uh, but there are so many churches that have gotten away from the basicness of the word and have gotten into programs and structures, and they have missed just teaching the simple simpleness of the word. You'll commonly find some places that are called Bible churches, um, and those are basically trying to reinstill the idea that we're just Bible basic here and we're not too more too far into these big programs or these big structures, these big organizations, whatever the catchphrase or cliche is at the moment, they're just basic Bible believing. And those would be the kind that I would search for. Of course, I'm, I'm going to also recommend that one that's uh, more of a spirit filled type church, right? Um, because you got to have both the spirit and the word, not just a your Bible based. And you'll have to be a little cautious about that because most of those are people who are fed up in whatever denomination they came out of. Um, and therefore they still have a pretty strong, my experience is that most of them still have a pretty strong denominational bent to them, even though they've, they've claimed they've come out of some other denomination. So you can get some weird teaching there. Um, and the sort of thing we talk about every week with stuff that's being taught in the modern church that does not necessarily line up with scripture. So um, I always, within a 30 minute drive of Little Rock come out to Agape there you go um, and, and I always advise people search for a, a Messianic congregation in your area you'll mm-hmm. be surprised that there are a bunch of us out there so if, if, if not a congregation probably a small group or yeah. something that yeah. some fellowship uh, you know I, I guess what I would do is if, you, if there is a church somewhere in the country that you actually already feel uh, has really ministered to you maybe something you see online or on television uh, I would encourage just to um, uh, contact them Tell them where you're at and say, is there a church around here that uh, you guys could recommend that's similar to you or something like uh, that? But I would I would echo what the guys have, here have said is you're looking for a place that uh, that has hunger and has passion, that has uh, uh, a spirit-filled um, uh, teaching philosophy and, um, and kind of uh, pursue that. You definitely want a place that's going to challenge you. You don't want to go in a place that just uh, you can leave there and feel the same. You want to be you want to be challenged and be convicted. So, um, yeah. Next. All right. <laughs> that was the two questions asked by that listener. What else you got, Billy? Well, apparently someone last week asked about dualism, and you were going to touch on that this week? Well, yeah, mm-hmm. we kind of grazed across it last week, and it, I can't remember the context of the of the question, but I, I referenced something called... Um, I, I Maybe should to define as, what that is. Right, and that's what I'll do is Gnostic dualism is kind of what I was hinting at. And um, it had to deal with... Um, that we put in opposition the things of the spirit and the things of the flesh. And so people go, well, yeah, well, there's an extreme version. There's an extreme, there's an extreme version of that, that led to something into the third centuries and fourth centuries called asceticism. And you get to the place to where you, um, and this dualistic idea is actually what caused, that's what it was. The idea was that, uh, the God of the old Testament was different than the God of the new Testament. And there was this belief um, in what they called like the all father and all this other kind of things that was a demagogue. And and this guy messed up the, the world that he created. And that's why the ultimate all father had to send this Jesus to kind of fix what Yahweh did. 
and it puts them in opposition because they he appears to be um, all physical and uh, mean, where the new one is more spiritual and loving, and and that that belief in in a dualistic difference between the two is what led to has led to a lot of our theology today, and because so many people in the early church came out of a Gnostic view, they believed that these two were in opposition, and so they would deny anything physical. They wouldn't enjoy a meal. They wouldn't enjoy clothing or bathing or just things that we take because they're like, no, 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 we have to punish the flesh because only the spirit is good. And so we have to be cautious uh, because that's what one of the many things that led to an opposing view between what is new in the Gospels and what is appeared to be old in the old. That's a, that's not the only thing, but that's part of it. When Steve gives up bathing, uh, we I give up friendship. I'm just saying, <laughs> if that's if that's where you're headed, there I, I heard that. So if that's where you're headed, I'm I'm out. Yeah. So all right. So that was a question from last week. Yeah. Well, it, it had to deal with what the the opposition of the old and the new. Yeah. And, and we have to it. remember um, in that whole refusing to do anything that would be pleasurable. We have to remember that God created this place mm-hmm. for us to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you deny any enjoyment out of life, then you've also told God that what his creation was for wasn't good enough, mm-hmm. right? I mean, he already said it was good. Yeah, so. he declared it to be good and mm-hmm. said, "Hey, this is this is for y'all." And then you go, "Ah, that's I'm above that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's not good enough for me, Lord." So uh, I still don't understand how people can say because Christ came, no, the Old Testament doesn't pertain to anything anymore. That's just silly to <laughs> that, me. That foundation yeah. was laid early. Yeah. I mean, it, but it is. It's silly yeah. to me. It makes no sense. There's mm-hmm. no logic to that yeah. whatsoever. No, Why would God? It's word. God's word, so, right? Yeah. Right. You're saying he's denying it now, mm-hmm. nah, he, or did he changed it? Uh, now you're into the yeah. world of heresy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. It you really, know? it really got uh, got um, some strong legs, uh, like in the 1830s with uh, John Nelson Darby and dispensationalism, and you have to separate things for it to make sense, and and uh, that's a a lot to talk about. I can't about. remember if it was you or Pastor Chris, but one of them referred to when um said something along the lines that uh how we view Jesus in, in the modern church today would actually make him a rebellious son. Yeah. Most yeah. people teach is that he came to undo what his father established. Right. And that would make him a rebellious but son. But that's heresy. It, it is. is. It is. It is. But but that if you but if you actually sat down with most uh, ministers or looked at most church doctrine, they that is what they're saying. They're not saying it in those words, yeah. but they're saying, yes, God did say this, but <clears throat> you know what? Jesus came along and said this, and it looks a lot different than what God said. I mean, yeah. just think about how we define how we're supposed to live our life, our view of the Sabbath, our view <laughs> our view of the feast days, our view all the, of all the stuff. The church just says no. Well, you know, I mean, yeah, okay, fine, God said it, but you know what? Jesus gave us something better. It just seems to me it's like people saying, "Well, that's from those stinking Jews." Yeah, yeah. It leads to anti-Semitism. I mean, seriously, it does. Mm-hmm. I mean, why we had pogroms and why we had massacres and why we had Holocaust and why we had all these things because of the foundation, unfortunately, that was laid by a lot of these bad teachings. Got to get a break in. Munch on that for a few moments yeah. until we come back. Our next question is going to deal with what, Billy? I think we'll deal with the calendar next. How's that? Quick and okay. easy. Sounds sounds like fun. We'll do that here on the uh the Bible guys. It's ten minutes till eight fifty three degrees. The Dave Ellswick show one oh one point one FM the answer. Seven minutes till eight. 
press down the accelerator a little <laughs> bit. Not a lot, just a little bit. Got to be there at 8 o'clock. You need to get going. 53 degrees right now. Uh, Pine Bluffs, a hot spot here in central Arkansas. They're sitting at 63. We're going to a high of 66 under mostly sunny skies today. Clouds will increase tonight with a low around 51. Then rain comes back middle of the weekday, hump day. That's going to be happening. Look for showers and thunderstorms. Chance of precipitation tomorrow, 80%. Rainfall amounts between uh, a quarter and a half of an inch possible. So it's take an umbrella tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You're going to need it tomorrow for sure. And we're not even to April showers yet. Mm-hmm. You know, mean make May flowers. All right, Billy, what's our question? So this is a, a pretty good question here. We've got a question about what is the correlation between the Hebrew calendar and the modern day calendar? What in history marks the beginning of the Hebrew calendar, and what is the significance of the whole year 2020 and the year 5780 thing? Okay, I'll jump in here. Um, 30 seconds. Um, 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't. I don't know. The, there would be a. Uh, I don't know that there would be a correlation between the two. Uh, I think they're two entirely different uh, different things. Yeah. Um, one is given to us by God. One is given to us by man. Um, one is the spiritual thing. One is a religious thing. Uh, although it's become secular, um, the Pope gave us um, the 2020 calendar, and God gave us the 5780 calendar. Um, you guys might have something different there. Uh, as far as the beginning of it, I always go to Exodus 12 for that. Uh, Exodus 12 tells us that this is the beginning of years, which puts it in uh, the uh, it's in the month of Passover, which could be March, could be April, depending on on how our calendar goes. Um, it says this will be the beginning of months for you. This will be the first month of the year. So for me, I always see that as the beginning. In fact, we used to, our calendars used to have a celebrating um, celebrating the new year in March. Um, and um, the, uh, the the English, the old English calendar used to have it in March up until I think it was 15 something, 1580 or whatever it was. Um, and um, we still have some of the remnants of that left over. Like we have the month of, of um september october november december if you take those those words and put them back into mm-hmm. um the um uh, the latin you'll find that sept has to do with seven uh octo is for eight um november is nova which is um uh, uh nine nine mm-hmm. yeah and then you have um you have dc which is the number for 10 so we still have some of the leftover remnants if you run that back you find that the number one month would have been in the march period march, yep. So, um, so I think that we used to have a hold of what was right, but the Pope didn't like that, so he changed it to uh, give us a different uh, time. Um, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, and, and if the question is, because uh, it just says, what in history marks the beginning of the Hebrew calendar? And I don't know here if you're asking about what marks the beginning of a year or what marks the beginning of uh, the calendar period. Why, why are we at year 5780? Uh, if, if you're asking about the beginning of the calendar the first year of the calendar that that is counted from creation and now we know we, we're missing some years on that calendar uh, the gap's 200 I, and something is yeah and, and i think it has to do with some records uh that were lost during the babylonian period right. and, and that's why they have such a gap because you know, most people will say we're around that six thousand year give right. or take Just a decade of, yep. not two or three hundred years like the rabbinic calendar right. says right mm-hmm. yeah. All right, back to another question. we got about two minutes. All right, two minutes. So here you go. Uh, the question is, what's the deal with Lilith? And did she really exist? And did she give birth to a bunch of demons? And was she Adam's second wife? <laughs> okay. There you go. Hop right uh, out of that. I'll, jump, I'll jump in really quickly. Uh, yeah, 
Lilith is uh, actually it's found. Lilith is a, a rabbinic injunction or rabbinic uh, discussion found in the Talmud. Um, she is supposed to be um, uh, Adam's. Um, I don't know if it's his first wife or his I think it was first first yeah. wife, and um, and she was um, the rabbis had to figure out how a way to explain the arrival of demonic forces, and just through some of their talking, they talked about the possibility of uh, this other woman uh, named Lilith, and I think if I'm not mistaken, in some of the Mesopotamian languages, the word Lilith or Lita um, actually means um, demon, and so it kind of came. The word Lilith kind of came from that. And so they they gave the it's just it's just a, rabbin, a rabbinic rambling mm, of right. what they think may have happened to spawn demons and that was it's no, there's nothing biblical about it. Right. It's right. a guess. Yeah, it, it is. They're just talking we, about it. Before we start following that too far, I understand a couple of things that we know biblically that the demons are simply fallen angels those those who chose to pull away from God so they don't need a, a, a <laughs> mother. Yeah. Right. And secondarily, if we're talking about um, if we're talking about those that were birthed, um, Eve is described as the mother of all the living. So yeah, you can't things, we right. can't have another mother yeah, out there right. somewhere. So this is um, pure speculation, uh, which unfortunately has made it into popular culture these days. Uh, and yeah. Is weird. I, I would say it's something you can toss right straight in the waste bin. Amen. Yep. All right. So next week, when you all come back. What the Nephilim is that uh, the, the name? Nephilim? Oh, sure. Nephilim. We're going to talk about that because it's weird. You said somebody brought it up to you, Steve. Or, I've had two people mention it yeah, to me this yeah. week, and I, I don't know that was it, did a story come out? Coronavirus, Nephilim, or something <laughs> like that. I'll bet you'll find somebody saying. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. It just it just came up. So the Bible guys will be back next week. Billy uh, Miller here, of course, and uh, Scott is here from Agape. Agape, he is pastor there. What's the location, real quick? 701 Napa Valley Drive, right here in Little Rock. Join him Sunday at 10, 10 o'clock. And Steve, thank you for coming in. Absolutely.